Welcome to the Landmark Podcast. I'm Jason Calhoun, pastor of Landmark Pentecostal Church in Texarkana, Texas. We encourage you to visit us on the web at landmarkupc.net for a schedule of services and upcoming events. We pray that you are blessed by the message today. Thank you again for listening. your attention in the word of the Lord to the gospel of Matthew chapter number seven, gospel of Matthew chapter number seven. And I want to begin reading there with verse 13, I'm going to read verses 13 and 14. Enter ye in at the straight gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life. And few there be that find it. Enter ye at the straight gate. Gate. That word straight that is used there is different from our modern interpretation of the word straight. The word straight there, we think of straight being linear or straight as an arrow. We use that cliche. But the word that is used here actually means in the old English, it means narrow or difficult. Narrow or difficult or focused down, if you will. And there's a lot of twists and turns in this journey that we call life. And it's important that we discover this narrow way that leads to eternal life. It's important that we follow the signs that are given to us. And that's what I want to preach about today. I want to talk to you about following the signs. Or maybe just simply follow the signs. Follow the signs. Would you help me pray right now that the Lord would intervene in the remainder of this service. His hand would be upon us. His blessings here. Jesus, we do need you in this house. We're praying, God, for your spirit to touch us. Your strength, your anointing, the power of the Holy Ghost to be here and upon This service today, I pray it be upon the preaching of the word of the Lord as it goes forth. I pray that you would move upon every person that is in this place. We need you, God, to speak to us. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, would you clap your hands to the Lord in praise. Hallelujah. Man, you can be seated. I was thinking this morning as I was praying and preparing for this service, I was thinking about the scripture that talks about out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. And I was thinking of that scripture in connection with what the Bible says concerning the kingdom of God being within us. The kingdom of God being within us. Everything that we need is within us through the power of the Holy Ghost. And when the Holy Ghost gets to moving within us, we're going to see the work of God accomplished. When we allow ourselves to be stirred and we allow ourselves to be moved upon and we allow ourselves to be touched by the power of God and in a good way be troubled By the Spirit of the Lord that is on the inside of us. Paul told Timothy, stir up the gift that is within you. When that gift is stirred up within you. Have you ever seen waters that were troubled? Amen. Current and a swiftness and maybe a a waterfall where the water is coming down and the waters are bubbling and they're troubled and there's a current that is there. They're moving. Uh, I'm going to tell you that's, that's the working Uh, That's like the working of the Spirit in our lives. When it's troubled within us, when it's moving within us, something is going to happen. Something is going to take place. I want to move with the Holy Ghost today. 
But I realize it starts within me. I gotta be moved. I gotta be touched. I gotta be stirred by the power of God. Can you say amen? We all need direction. And it's with this understanding that road signs have been provided for us to, to follow so that we can safely reach our destination. Now, you don't always have to follow the signs uh, to reach the destination, but it is the safest way and the most secure way. And uh, I might say the way with less trouble. However, we have all experienced times, and maybe you're remembering one right now, when you missed uh, the sign or the notification uh, of where an exit was or a turn was, and you passed it by. And maybe, maybe it caused you to become lost along the way, either because you missed the sign or ignored the sign, and there was a whole lot of consequences that were involved with that. Because missing signs along the roadway can lead to complications in the journey. I remember some time back being invited to, to preach a meeting in Oklahoma, and uh, it was in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, and that is, at that time, was a, a part of Tulsa that I was not real familiar with, and a suburb, a suburb there, and there's what is called the Broken Arrow Expressway. And I got on the Broken Arrow Expressway, and I was to get off at a certain exit. It was night, and service was to begin, and they were expecting me to be there. I didn't realize, most of you are probably aware of the many turnpikes that are in Oklahoma. It seems like there's turnpikes that lead everywhere throughout the state. Instead of there just being interstates, they've, they've uh, got this novel idea of turnpikes, and there's no telling how many millions that they have garnered because of, of turnpikes in the state. The original idea was is that we're going to build these roads and we're going to pay for them. And after we get through paying for them with this turnpike money, then we'll take these toll booths out and let you drive on them for free. But that's never happened because they realize the advantage of charging a toll. And I did not realize that the Broken Arrow Expressway, if you do not get off at the last exit there in Broken Arrow, then you immediately proceed on to a turnpike. And there is no exits off of that turnpike for several miles. That turnpike is called, I think, the Muskogee Turnpike. And uh, you're just about to Muskogee by the time you get an opportunity to turn around. And I was receiving text on my phone. Where you at, Brother Calhoun? We're expecting you to be here. Do you need some help? Is anything wrong? And I said, yeah. Indeed, there is something wrong. I've gotten on the turnpike. I've taken uh, a turn here onto this turnpike, and I can't get off. I mix, miss my exit, and I can't get turned around. It can be a very difficult thing when you miss the road sign. And you don't follow the road signs. We have this modern invention that we call a GPS. And it's a fascinating thing. And it can help you a tremendous lot if you allow it to. And you listen to it. But sometimes if you've been in an area and maybe somewhat familiar with it, uh, you can, you can think, well, this, this doesn't seem right. Or this is counterintuitive. Uh, it just seems like I'm going the wrong direction. And uh, maybe, maybe you thought within yourself, this is an unfamiliar road. And I don't know why it's leading me this way. But usually there is a reason. And uh, these smartphones, sometimes we think we can outsmart them. And uh, you can't live with them and you can't live without them. But uh, there's many times that it tells us a direction that seems counterintuitive to our logic or to our flesh. Well, can I tell you that all of us, when we received His Spirit on the inside, the Holy Ghost is a spiritual GPS. 
And if we'll listen to the voice of the Spirit, and if we'll allow the Spirit, be sensitive to it, and allow it to speak to us, it will direct us. But i got to tell you, there's sometimes that the voice of the Spirit feels and seems counterintuitive to my flesh. My flesh thinks that it ought to go this way, and it ought to make this decision and that choice. But I'll have to admit to you those choices and decisions and things that I do in my own self-will don't lead uh, to a good end. There's consequences that are always involved when I do not yield to the Spirit and listen to the voice of God. The Bible tells us that we are to be led of the Spirit. And those that are led of the Spirit, they are the sons of God. So if you're a child of God, You've got to listen. You've got to have an ear that can hear what the Spirit is saying. And we've got to keep ourselves open to the flow, the move of the Holy Ghost in our lives. It is essential to receive the Holy Ghost. But it's also vitally important, or just as important, that we be obedient to the Holy Ghost and yield to the Holy Ghost after We receive it because the Holy Ghost doesn't do me a whole lot of good if I don't follow it. The Holy Ghost doesn't benefit my life and doesn't bless me along the way if I am not yielded to the Spirit of God in my life. If you have the Holy Ghost, amen, there's times that that God speaks to you and deals with you and it's not always we know audible. But sometimes God speaks into our consciousness. Sometimes God gives us a feeling about something. Sometimes God very blatantly uh, shows us something that we can observe and reveals to us that if we go that way, it's going to lead to confusion. There's going to be consequences involved. There's going to be situations that could occur that are not going to be good. Amen. But we've got to yield to the voice of the Spirit of the Lord. And uh, God's Word and God's Spirit, by, by aligning ourselves and submitting ourselves to it, we save ourselves, the Bible says. Amen. We can avoid being lost. I don't know about you, but I didn't get in this thing to get to the end and, and make a wrong turn somewhere and, and be lost But God help me all the way until I get to the city to follow your direction. Help me, O Lord, to be yielded to you and open to you and obedient to your voice so that I can be saved. Is there anybody here like me that desires to be saved? Hallelujah. Clap your hands to the Lord and let's give him praise. In this spiritual journey, the first sign that you need to observe and that you need to know about is the one-way sign. The one-way sign. This sign says you can't drive any way that you want. You can't go in any direction that you choose. But there is a predetermined direction. And this is the way that you need to go. Now, this, this often flies in the face of our uh, independent mindset that we have sometimes in America and in our culture. But the Bible is quite clear, and the Bible is restrictive when it shows and reveals to us the way that we need to go. The Bible tells us in the Gospel of John, the 14th chapter, in the 6th verse, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. There is no other way. Isaiah 44 and 6 says, Thus saith the Lord, the King of Israel, and His residence, the Lord of hosts, I am the first, I am the last, and beside me there is no God. There is no other way. Acts chapter 4 and verse 12 says, Neither is there salvation in any other, 
For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Somebody said that sounds restrictive. Somebody said that that sounds uh, that sounds like uh, it's a very narrow way. Well, indeed it is. John 3 and 5. Uh, Jesus speaking here, it said, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. There is no other way. Romans 8 and 9 says, Now if any man hath not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. You can't just jump on the highway of life and go any direction that you want to. And expect to be saved. But uh, if you plan on being right with God. This, this, this gospel only leads in one direction. Someone says well uh, you know the axiom that all roads lead to Rome. Well that's good if you're going to Rome. But we're not going to Rome. We're going to the new Jerusalem. And if you're going to go to the new Jerusalem. You can't get there outside of Jesus Christ. You gotta be obedient to His Word. You gotta be baptized in His name. You gotta be filled with His Spirit. You gotta live a holy and separated life unto God. Amen. Only Jesus can satisfy your soul. Outside of Jesus Christ, outside of this new birth experience, outside of obedience to the gospel, there is no hope. Muhammad said, follow me and I'll show you the way. Uh, Hare Krishna said, follow me and I will show you the way. Buddha said, follow me and I will show you the way. But Jesus Christ said, come unto me. I am the way. I am the way through. I am the way out. I am the way over. I am the way around. How many knows that Jesus is the way? I said, Jesus is the way. We used to sing a song in Pentecost, one, 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 one way to God. Amen. There's just one way to God. There's just one way to be saved. There's only one way to be right. And you better find that way if you want salvation, if you want to see Jesus, if you want to go to heaven. Come on, clap your hands and let's give praise to the Lord. The second sign that you need to look for along this this journey is the yield sign. The yield sign. Romans 6.13 says, Neither yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourself unto God as though that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. Verse 16 goes on and says, Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servant ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. I'm going to tell you, you have to have a submissive spirit in order to be saved. You have to have an attitude that said, I'm going to yield to God and his word. That's going to take preeminence in my life. Nothing is going to circumvent. Nothing is going to uh, be higher than. Nothing is going to cause me to take it above the Word of God. Uh, there, this sign, it reveals to us that we're not the king of the road. Uh, that we're not able to do this all by ourselves. We're not able to find our way on our own. But we have to be submitted to the Spirit of God. Uh, the overarching, the overarching message of the New Testament is not my will, but thy will be done. That's what Jesus prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane that led to Calvary and you and I's salvation. That's what led you 
to a place of repentance and saying, God, I, I need you to forgive me. I need you to cleanse me. I need you to wash me. I can't do this on my own. No man can save himself. But we all need the blood of Jesus Christ. We all need the work of Calvary. We all need the help and the power of the Spirit of God in our life. And the only way we can receive it is to get our will out of the way and become submissive and yielded to the Spirit of God in our life. The prevailing problem of this age is people want to exercise their will against the will of God. We often, because of this, suffer. Uh, We cause ourselves hardship and heartache and problems and struggle. You know, the scripture tells us that the way of a transgressor is hard. There's difficulties when I'm obstinate against the will of God. When I'm not submissive to the will of God, I I introduce myself to struggles that I, I wouldn't have to have otherwise. Life is a whole lot easier when we just open up ourselves and submit ourselves to God's will because God's will is always best. God knows what I need. He knows the direction that I need to go. He knows the choices that I need to make before I ever reach the crossroads. Forever reach the point where I, I need to make that choice. God always knows and He's never caught off guard. And if I'll follow His Spirit and yield myself to His will, He'll give me direction. He'll help me. He'll lead me along life's highway. Often in, in, in pastoring, I've had people come and say, well, uh, you know, this, this is what would benefit me. This is what is going to better my life, this decision, this choice, and and then uh, uh, introduce to them the idea of the will of God. Well, have you sought the will of God? Are you certain that this is the will of God? I, I've got to have this. I've got to do that. I need this job that pays more money. I want this relationship because that's what makes me happy. I want to do this. I want to go there. I want to. I want to. I want to go after this because I. I feel that this is what is going to bring joy and completeness to my life. I'm going to tell you, there's no true joy outside of the will of God. There's no true fulfillment outside of the will of God. You want peace, you find the will of God. The Bible said, follow peace with all men. Amen. If you follow peace, you'll you'll know and you'll have a comfort and an assurance that this is the path where the will of God is, is in the peace of God. If there's if there's a struggle going on, if there's if there's a, is contention within, and and you got you got a war on the inside, that's a good sign to you that you're not in the will of God. You're not in the purpose of God. But the will of God is going to lead you to peace. And then I've had people come back and say, "Well, you know, we could do this and we could do that, but I guess." I guess, Pastor, we're just going to do the will of God. I guess, I guess, we're just going to have to do the will of God as though it's a prison sentence. Like, like you know, you know, we could do so much better if we did it our way. We could have so much more if, if, if only God would allow me and let me do what I want to do. I could be so much better off as though it's a hard thing to do the will of God. No, that is a mindset that is of hell. That's that's not of God. That's of the devil. Because the devil wants to confuse your mind and cause you to think that your way is better than God's way. Your plan is better than God's plan. What you want to do would lead to better things than what God wants for your life. I'm going to tell you, if you'll follow God's plan, you'll look back at some point in your life and say, God, you knew what was best for me. Amen. You knew what I needed. You knew the direction that I needed to go. You knew the decisions that I needed to make. And if I'll just follow your will and your plan and your word and the preaching that comes from your word, I can be saved. I can be right. I can be fulfilled. I can have peace. I can have true joy. 
You want to talk about unhappy. It may lead to temporary satisfaction. But you can get a little further down the trail and realize I took a wrong exit here. I made the wrong decision. I made the wrong turn somewhere along life's journey. Amen. And I would have been a whole lot better off if I would have just followed the will of God for my life. Amen. Praise God. Does somebody say amen right there? I thought I might have missed it there, but I'm going to tell you that's a good place for somebody to say amen because it's the truth. When we follow the will of God, we're going to be better. We're going to be better. And it's amazing to me how that we, we decide what we're going to do and finally we start we start thinking about God later on. How are we going to fit him into this plan? How am I, is there a church over there? I don't know if there's a church over there. I don't know if that's, that's a, uh, I don't even know if there's a truth preaching church in the area. And yet we've already made the decisions. We've already made the choices. We've already, we've already said I'd be better off. I'd be happier. I'd be more fulfilled if I did this or that. I'm going to just preach to you this morning that your way is not always going to lead to the what's best for your life and the blessings of God for your life. You have to, you have to be willing to say, God, I yield to you. It's not about my will. It's not about what I want right now, but I want the will of God. Come on, that's good preaching this morning. That's what you need to hear this morning. That's what's going to lead to your salvation today. Amen. Not only, not only do you need to be aware of the yield sign, but you also need, and you're going to have, if you haven't already, you're going to have some stop signs along this spiritual journey. The psalmist identified that stop sign. He, he used the word selah. You know, the psalmist is, is going along, he's riding under the unction of the Holy Ghost, and, and praise is going up, and all of a sudden a statement is made, and then the word selah, that's a, that's a stop sign, that's, that's to take a pause. Now, I want to be careful and tell you that a stop sign is, is not necessarily an indication that you're not going to get to go again, but it's a pause. Amen. There's a reason. There's a time of, of waiting You've you got to stop before you can go again. And I've found that not only are the steps of a righteous man ordered of the Lord, but also the stops of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. I can tell you of experiences in my life where God's will ordered a stop. It was a, a, a stand still and see. The salvation of the Lord moment in my life. And I'm sure you've had them. If you've been living for God any period of time, you've had them in your life. I remember there was, and I won't go into detail, but there was a a particular occasion when uh, there was an opportunity that, that availed itself. And I went to my pastor and I said, Brother Green, this is what has been uh, opened up. This is this is what has been afforded me. This is the door that is open, and uh, they're waiting for an answer, and they they want to know. And unequivocally, without any hesitation, he just said no. He just looked at me with those eyes that looked right through you, and said no. And he didn't give an explanation. He didn't, he didn't go on and proceed and pat me on the back and feel sorry for me and say, I know you're giving up a lot if you do this. and not, Nothing like that. It wasn't anything like that. It was just no. And I said, okay. And because I, I was submitted and because this was the man of God that I felt is the watchman for my soul, I said, okay. And I picked up the phone and I, I told the individuals involved that, it's a no-go, no way. And I wouldn't be standing here today had I uh, opened myself up or disobeyed and went with that particular direction and no telling what my life would have been. I wouldn't be in the safety and the protection that I am to this day. And I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that I had a man of God in my life that was able And bold enough to tell me no. The book of Lamentations says, It is good that a man should both hope 
and quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord. It is good that a man hope and quietly wait. Sometimes when we're waiting, we tend to grumble. We tend to complain. We, we continue to voice our opinion. We tend to talk back. Uh, why am I sitting here? I, I should be out there. I, I should be moving and progressing. I, I, I should be flowing with, with everybody else. Why am I having, Why am I being held back? Why do I have to wait? But if we are willing to quietly wait, the salvation of the Lord is coming. Hallelujah. I said the salvation of the Lord is coming. And if we'll wait and yield ourselves to Him and open ourselves to hear the voice of God and say, okay, Lord, when you're ready to move me to the next level, when you're ready, amen, direct me. I'm listening. I'm open. I want you to speak to my heart. But you got to be willing to hear and respond and be respectful to the stop signs that God places in your life. Some people, they want to make decisions so hastily. I'm going to tell you, it's sometimes good to say, I'm going to pray on that a little while. I want to know what God has to say about that. Too many of our choices and decisions, we just make out of haste. We don't seek any. And the Bible said in the multitude of counsel, there is wisdom. If you want to make a wise decision, you better not just lean on your own understanding. You better not just lean on your own ideas. You, you may not just lean upon what you think about it or past experience. And you might ought to say, God, I want you to speak to me. Speak to me through the man of God. Speak to me through your word. These are methods that he uses. This is the voice of God in your life. He uses a preacher. He uses a pastor to preach to you and counsel you and help you. He uses his word to speak to you. There's obvious things that you can see in the word of God that will reveal to you the will of God for your life. But there's some people just love running stop signs. There's one young man. He was about 17 years old. I won't tell you who he is, but I was mighty humiliated when this happened. I was in Louisville, Kentucky. There was a general conference there. I was about 16, 17. I think I just got my driver's license, and I was feeling in control, you know. Mom and Dad let us stay out just a little bit later, and... uh, we were fellowshipping. We were coming back from the, to the hotel from another place where young people were fellowshipping. And I was driving, and I seen these stoplights. And they was just lined up downtown. And I knew we was pressed for time to get back by the time we were told to be back. And it was late. There wasn't a car in sight. I said, you know, ain't nobody watching. Nobody knows. Why not just blow them through this light? I know it's red, but why wait? I went through that one, and that felt so good. I went through the next one. That felt even better. And all of a sudden, I seen a car. It was behind me. had blue lights. He pulled me over. He said, son, what are you doing out so late? I said, I just got in from church. He said, what church stays open till midnight? I said, well, you don't know our kind of church. I said, we were fellowshipping after. He said, okay. I said, I'm sorry about running that red light. He said, I can understand one. He said, but three? I was like, how did he know? But you know, all those lights are on sequence. They all turn at the same time. And so he knew if I'd ran this one, he saw me get off the exit. He knew if I ran this one, I'd ran all three. I learned a valuable lesson. You got to stop at the stop sign. Or the stoplights. And it's always better if you wait until the thing turns green before you go. Anybody remember the lights that used to, they used to go from, from red back to yellow, then to green? And I mean, you'd be sitting there, you'd be ready to go. You know, 
I remember something Brother Terry said many years ago. He said, you don't always want to be the first one out of the gate to do something. Neither do you want to be the last one out of the gate. And I thought, that's pretty good. That's pretty good advice. Don't, don't be the first one to step out there and be edgy on everything. And don't be the last one dragging your feet like a fuddy-duddy either. But, but learn how to be sensitive to the voice of God. And to understand the voice of God in your life. The stop sign. Another one that you need to observe is, is the do not enter sign. Does anybody... Everybody's life needs some do not enter signs posted around. Job had them in Job 1. It says, and that man was perfect and upright and one that feared God and eschewed evil. And we read about this man's trial. That, that word eschewed, it means he avoided evil. He went the other way from evil. He ran from evil. He didn't, he didn't mingle and mesh with evil. He didn't try to get along with evil. He didn't try to fellowship with evil. He didn't try to be friends with evil. You know, a problem that I see that we have, and I don't know how it is, I suppose it's just a human, I, I don't, Pastor and have not pastored anywhere else, but I, I suppose it's just human nature. But we we want to we want to keep mingling with people that are walking away, and and if we're not careful, they'll lead us away from the truth. Yeah, Amen. I'm not saying don't love them. I'm not saying don't pray for them. I'm not saying don't don't be nice and kind and friendly and. And I'm certainly telling you, don't give them any reason uh, to to further distance them from God and be here and be available and open arm when they return. But I'm going to tell you, going and hanging out with them every weekend is probably not a good idea. That's right. There ought to be some do not enter signs in your life. That, that warns you of future problems. You know, you might be able to go through that way you might be able to even make it to your destination. But it's not recommended that you go that direction. It may look like a shortcut. It may look like you can circumvent a whole lot of other things if you go that direction. But it is always going to, to lead to possible perils in your life. And if you want the protection of God. We read about Job and his trial. God provided for him. God took care of him. And God sustained his life through the worst trial that a person could go through. I mean, the loss of everything. Loss of children. Loss of everything. It was horrible. The things that he experienced. But when he, when he came through, God sustained his life. The devil wanted to destroy his life. The devil wanted to take it away. He wanted him to give up. But he just kept on hanging on to God. And God protected. God watched over. And God provided for him. Hallelujah. Because he said, I'm not going to try to live on the edge. I'm not going to try to live in the danger zone. I'm going to live in a safety area. And I'm going to have some do not enter signs in my life. That's right. Amen. Amen. That's why, that's why uh, I think it's, it's good that we take the stance that we take on certain things. Is because there's a danger zone involved. I'm not going to involve myself with that. I'm not going to look at that. I'm not going to be entertained by that. I'm not going to let that speak into my life. Because whatever I feed myself with, that's what I'm going to become. Whatever I have an appetite for and whatever I eat on, that's what's going to make 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 up my being and who I am. Amen. If I listen to that kind of conversation, I'm going to be talking like that. If I look at those kind of things, I'm going to be acting it out in my life. If I participate and allow myself to go along with that kind of behavior, it won't be long until it'll be customary for me to engage in that kind of behavior. If I listen to that kind of entertainment, then it won't be long until I'll be struggling with the things that they're talking about. So that's why we have some do not enter signs. 
And, and some people don't understand that. They chafe against that. They struggle with that. Oh, I want this because it feels so good to my flesh. And, and it, I don't see anything wrong with it. I don't see how that there's any problem with it. Oh, I, I'm going to tell you what. There's a danger involved in, in allowing yourself to slide into those kind of things and to partake of those kind of things. People say, I don't know about, about uh, uh, taking a little drink every now and then, whether that's really a problem or not. Well, the Bible said in Proverbs, and there's many others, there's a plethora. Anybody tells you that drinking's okay and it's permissible in the Word of God, they're dumb. I hate to be so blunt, but they're dumb. And they obviously have not read what the Scripture says. Proverbs chapter number 20 and verse 1 said, Wine is a mocker and strong drink is a raging. And whosoever is deceived is not wise. Anybody that tells you this is okay, that a little social drinking is all right, and that seems to be a problem that is in the denominal world, but I hope to God it's not a problem in the Pentecostal movement. Amen. I'm going to tell you, they're stupid and they're deceived if they think that it's okay. I had a young lady come into my office many years ago and said, I don't see where there's any difference with a little social drinking. It's all right for me to have a little wine at dinner. And it was just a few years I said, well, that's an addictive thing. And I'm going to just tell you, you're taking a gamble. You're taking a big time Campbell that you're going to end up being addicted yourself. She walked out I couldn't persuade her. She came back and sat right there on that pew and said would you please pray for me because this has gotten totally out of control and 30 days later I preached her funeral. Don't tell me that you can fool with that stuff and be alright. I said, don't tell me you can gamble and play Russian roulette and be okay. Somebody needs to wake up and say, there's a do not enter sign here. And I'm going to observe the do not enter sign. Oh, clap your hands to the Lord. Let's give him praise right now. Some people want to squabble. Oh, that's old hat. That's old time. That's old time Pentecost. That's throwback stuff. Well, thank God for throwback stuff then. Thank God. There's some, there's some people. It seemed like people were praying more back then, obviously. It, it seems like people had more sensitivity to things back in those days, if that's the case. If that's what you call throwback. I don't care how out of date it seems. This, this Bible is not something that, w- that we are concerned with dates and, and what's trendy and what's in style. This Bible is relevant for all time. I said this Bible is relevant for all time. And it doesn't give us an option. It's not an A, B, or C, or all the above. I'm going to tell you, it's just one way. And we got to be obedient. And there's some do not enter signs that are given to us. And we got to observe them. Some people want to squabble. They want to debate. They want to argue over certain things. Here lately, it seemed like there have been all kinds of debates in politics. Sometime back there was a judge that was trying to compromise with a group that wanted to take the Ten Commandments that was displayed in the courtroom. Wanted to take them down. And uh, he said, well, let's make this compromise. He said, let's take the first four commandments out and we'll leave the last six because the first four is the ones that are seemingly more spiritually biased. And the last six deal more with morals of men. And he said, "That's, that's the compromise that we'll try to make. Of course, it didn't work. But I just want to tell you, if you don't have the first four, you're not going to be able to observe or be obedient to the last six. If you take God out of it, you take the Spirit of God out of it, it doesn't matter how much you try to think that that I'm going to keep myself from this and I'm not going to do that. You'll end up entering into no entry places, amen, that was not, not designed for you to be if you allow yourself to go in that direction. It's best to observe the sign and say it says do not enter 
Amen. And we're living in the last days, folks. Why would we want to start rethinking and debating and squabbling over some of those things anyway? Why would we get right down here at the last and say, my God, I want to rethink this. You know, it's kept me for 25 years, but bless God, I I just think I'm going to go out and have me some fun now. I'm going to do something else. I'm going to do it different now. I'm going to tell you, you better stick with what got you this far. You better stay in this race. I said, you better make up your mind. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to go that direction. There's some people that are wiser than me and, and, and prayed about it and, and, and took this stand. And I'm going to keep believing and holding on to it. And so that leads me to my next point. There, there's, there's what is called no U-turn sign. Luke 9, 62 said, Jesus said it to them, no man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Galatians 4 and 9, Paul preaching to those that were Judaizers were trying to convince them that the path that they were following at this point was not right and trying to get them to revert back to what they were before. He said, but now after that ye have known God or rather are known of God. How turn ye again to the weak and beggarly elements whereunto ye desire again to be in bondage? Posing a question. Do you desire to go back and put the manacles and the chains that God delivered you out of? You want to put them back on again? You want to go back to the things of the world? You want to go back to what he delivered you from? You want to go back and take on the bondage of everything that you come out of? You want to go back just like a dog to its vomit? You want to go back just like to the pit from which you were dug? I want to preach to somebody. There is a time in your life you have to decide that I put an altar between me and the world and I'm not going back I'm not not looking back I'm not turning back I've made up my mind I've decided I'm determined that I'm going to make it to heaven I've made up my mind I'm going to be diligent till the end I'm not going to give up I'm not going to quit I'm not going to backslide nobody's going to discourage me offend me out of this thing I've got my mind made up I'm going to live for Jesus I'm going to serve God all the way Come on, let's lift up our voices to the Lord and let's give Him praise right now. Decided, determined. The Bible said the reward is for those that diligently seek Him. That means doggedly. That means determinedly. That means without, without being disappointed enough to quit. You gotta just keep pressing. If there's anything about this year that, that has taught us, taught us, it's taught us to, to stay in the fight, to stay in the ring, to keep fighting, to keep believing, to keep trusting God, to keep having faith. Would you stand with me right now and lift your hands to the Lord? Let's pray that He would speak to our hearts here today. Last, last sign that you, you need to know about, the one I feel on my heart today is the sign indicating a rest stop. You know, sometimes we can we get on a journey and think, well, I got to get there. And uh, there's a lot of miles between me and where I need to be. And I know rest stops is sort of a negative thing nowadays but used to they were strategically placed along the highway now we have all kinds of modern conveniences and stores and places that we can stop off the side of the road used to a rest stop was strategically placed there because they knew the distance they knew that a person needs some refreshment person needs to be able for a few moments to relax. The tension 
being in traffic, the tension of being on the road, the stress of the journey in and out of traffic and avoiding avoiding all of the different things that happen along the trip, being aware at all times, tensed up at all times. You need a rest stop. Well, I want to tell you in the spirit, we all need to be able to observe and have times and periods in our life when we're renewed and we're refreshed in the spirit of God. Isaiah chapter 14 and verse 3, it says, And it shall come to pass in the day that the Lord shall give thee rest from thy sorrow. Matthew chapter 11 and verse 28 says, Come unto me all ye who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Isaiah 28 and 12 says, To whom he said, This is the rest wherewith ye may cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing. People say, well, I just, I'm going to stay home tonight because I'm so tired. I'm going to tell you that's the reason why you're tired is because you're staying home. This is the rest. This is where you get your batteries recharged. This is, don't stay home from this. Stay home from something else. But don't stay home from serving God. Hallelujah. Acts 3 and 19 says, Repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out. And when times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord, there's something rejuvenating about being in the presence of the Lord. There's something refreshing about being in the presence of the Lord. Something about it when I come into this place and lift up my hands and my voice to God. Say, God, I just need you. You know what I need. You know what what I'm up against. You know what I faced last week and what I'm going to face this coming week. And you know everything that I need in advance. And God, I'm just praying, refresh me. Renew me. There's some of you that have been in a struggle. There's some of you that have engaged, it seemed like, for a long period of time in a fight spiritually. Maybe you've been battling. Maybe you've been battling more ways than one. You know, it's one thing to fight on one front, but it's another thing to feel like you're in a war where there's several different fronts Several different attacks coming from all different directions. Can I tell you in the Holy Ghost right now that He wants to help you? Don't just blow by the rest stop that God has provided. But right here at the beginning of this year, there's a time of refreshing in the presence of the Lord that you can discover. You can come to this altar and say, God, I need you today. I need you, God, to renew and refresh and restore me and to work in my life. I wonder if there's somebody that would like to come down to this, this altar. There's somebody that would like to lift up their voice unto God and say, God, I just want to get in your presence. Come on, sometimes we got to press a little bit to get in the presence. we got to linger a little bit to get in his presence. we we got to do our part in working through our flesh and working through our doubts and inhibitions and worries, fears even maybe. we got to do all of that to get, get through those things. Until we can get in the presence of God. And once we're in the presence of God, let's don't get in a hurry. But let's allow Him, let's allow Him to touch us. Let's allow Him to move on us. Let's allow Him to work within us. Hallelujah. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. Oh, yes, I love you.